Wine Diaries with Lynn and Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Decision Diaries. Today we are going to talk about a very fun topic. Uh, We are going to talk about the decision to lose your virginity. So I know this is one of those topics that is funny and, um, you know, they're thinking, where is Lynn and Jamie going to go with this? But I would just like to say that I personally would like to dedicate this episode to my mom, because I do think that you're going to hear more about I think my we mom should on this de- episode. Dedicate. Yes. Yes. We are dedicating this to my mom yeah. because you're going to hear more about my mom on this episode than you're going to hear about me because she drove Well, I hope not because I don't want to. I don't want to hear about your mom's virginity <laughs> loss, but, but I also do want to say that, you know, we, we, we shared in the beginning of our decision to do a podcast together that you and I are pretty different in a lot of ways, but I would say in this way, we're probably more similar and it might've been better to have some diversity, but, but anyway, we're, we're going to go for it and have some fun and, um, yes. So I don't want to hear about your mother's, uh, virginity loss, but I do want to hear about yours. <laughs> okay, well, I, I wasn't going to talk about that at all. I was actually going to talk about, I get asked, as you turn, as you- yeah, I get asked very often because uh, just to, just to put it out there in high school, I would say um, I was very much nicknamed uh, Sandra D and it was pretty known that Lynn had built a fortress that no one could climb through moats and, and alligators. And I don't know what you would have, and traps. There was no getting to Lynn in, in high school. Um, and I got dumped a lot because of my very hard stance that I did not feel equipped uh, to make that decision in high school. But I, a lot, a lot of that was due to my mother And that is because my mother broke it down for me with some words of wisdom and some imagery uh, that I would like to share with our audience. So, uh, Jamie, I don't know. Did your mom have those kind of conversations with you? Let's talk about that. So, so sadly, there was no fortress around me. Um, (laughs) Nobody wanted to date me in high school. (laughs) Um, I didn't date anybody. I mean, I did have, I did, I did date a little bit, but um, not really, really until my senior year in high school did I actually sort of blossom. Um, And I will say that I did, my mother was very different than your mom. Um, We didn't really have those conversations. In fact, I think my mother was, felt that I was a little bit uptight about it and I needed to kind of let go. Um, but my mom and I fought about a lot of things. I, I, I'm a rule follower. I always have been, and I would create my own rules and I, I don't want to get too much into that conversation because that's like a lot of deep work stuff. But, um, I was, you know, the, the very, typical latchkey kid. Uh, I know you were, had a very different experience, Lynn. You grew up with your mom at home. And so um, there really weren't a lot of conversations other than the fact that I, as I shared in a previous episode, thought that I was going to be a virgin when I got married. And that wasn't because of my parents. That was because of self-imposed beliefs of, of what should be. And, um, and, like I said, had I had a solid relationship in high school, I don't know what decision I would have made. I was never confronted with that, but um, 
I will share more about the loss of my virginity as we as we go along. So you, I, I always loved how your mom broke it down, and I wish that that was still applicable today in in these generations. As I've shared, um, I you know have raised teenage girls, and now um, one of them is is non-binary, but but still, um, their generation seems to be very different in their belief about virginity. So I definitely, I want to hear you, you retell your mom's, your mom's advice. Cause it was, it was, it worked for you. So, so I'm going to provide context as I, as I try to do about how old am I when I'm first hearing this advice, and then I'm going to try to channel her in telling it to me the way that I originally heard it. Um, I believe I'm 12 years old, Jamie. Okay. Wow. When okay. I first hear this, and I think the reason I am 12 and 13 is because I had an older sister who was five years older than me. And my mom thought, well, I'm just going to tell them both the same story, or I'm in the mode, I'm thinking about her older sister. And so I want my daughters, you know, to be confident and, and understand the decisions that they make and, and in the relationships. Uh, with with men and, and sexuality. So I think I was about 12. I will tell you that I had uh, lots of gorgeous, beautiful friends uh, that dated a lot. And it wasn't until later in life that I realized that one of my friends had actually had sex at 13 in the sixth grade. I thought everybody wow. was just kind of kissing. I found out later in life that she was like, no, like when we snuck away from school that day, like we did it. I was like, what? Like I, I was just kind of very naive. So along comes my mom. Um, I had a friend. Yeah. I had a friend, by the way, that was waiting, waiting to her, to her 15th birthday. Um, my parents had gone out of town and she wanted the use of my bedroom. I poor, I left my sister at home. So she was two years younger than me. And she actually tells me she heard the whole thing go down. Um, and the funny thing about my friend who um, waited till she was 15 is in college, she actually became super conservative and ended up marrying like the guy she met her freshman year. But, but yes, people were, were doing it younger for sure. Yeah. I just, I didn't have a lot of friends that were, yeah. Or I, I, mean, I, don't, I didn't know about it maybe because I was, yeah. Such I a, mean, I was, a, a I was kind of in the, so to speak. Yeah, I was in the other room. Um, I actually didn't have my first kiss till 13. So I was I was definitely not getting there. But my mom uh, did sit me down at one point. And then this is what she said. Um, this is a way to describe uh, the level of importance about this decision. And this is the way my mom shared it with me. So she said, every person has a soul. And your soul is like a beautiful apple pie. And everybody has this apple pie soul. And when you have intimate relationships with somebody, when you have sex with them, um, you are giving them a slice of your soul. And she never told me how many slices an apple pie had, how many slices can you possibly <laughs> give away. But I think what she emphasized with the apple pie is how beautiful the apple pie is as it's sitting on the table, completely uncut. It's this beautiful soul. And that, you know, the experience of being intimate with somebody is a soul sharing or should be a soul sharing 
experience. They share their pie with you. You share your pie with them. So and how many then, pieces of pie have you shared, Lynn, since we're going to well, go I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm keeping that to myself. I will just say that wow. that my husband and I. Oh, I didn't think pie. there was any that Lynn would. <laughs> no way. No, you're not getting that out of me. I would just say that my husband and I's apple pie um, are, are equally sliced. So, <laughs> so with that, there's more to it, right? My mom said, you've got this beautiful apple pie that you want to share with people, right? You should share it with people. And she talked about, she talked a lot about that first slice. So imagine, you know, you're at a party and you want a slice of apple pie, but like no one's cut into it yet. So you're like, eh, I don't want to be the first one because the first, first piece is kind of sloppy. And so my mom was like, that first slice of pie is a big decision because after that, the second slice gets easier. The third slice gets easier and the fourth slice gets easier. So you have so to really the make first that to get... decision. All right. So we're moving along. Yeah. How? So tell, tell me about the first time you gave a slice of apple pie away. So uh, it was in college and mm -hmm. it was after the Berlin Wall had had fallen. I believe it was actually a year after the Berlin Wall had fallen because my uh, boyfriend had just returned from studying architecture in Italy, the one who I almost married. And we were listening to a live, I guess, a live concert of Pink Floyd at the Berlin Wall, uh, giving oh, a wow. concert about the Berlin Wall falling. And he had absolutely no idea what air bubble was in my head. He had just returned from Italy and, and, you know, he was kind of tired and all of a sudden, I don't know if I just got caught up in the Pink Floyd moment, but I decided to make that decision that we would do it right then. My roommate was away. It was right around Christmas time. So we had the apartment to ourselves and we were just kind of listening to the concert, um, you know, in the den with like, uh, you know, like a mattress on the floor. Like we were just like laying on a, on a very comfortable mattress on the floor, um, listening to, to Pink Floyd, which by the way, you know, my husband changes the channel <laughs> when Pink Floyd goes <laughs> on. Cause he's like, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't want to know about it. But I will say, so question guess for what? You. How long? Guess, guess who found out, you know, after obviously he found out my mom, cause I called her the following day. Okay. So tell me, how long had you been dating when you, when you had made the decision and, and did you know you were going to do it? Like, had, was it calculated? Like he's coming home and I'm jumping his bones or how, so tell me about that. So, um, we had, this was like our second round of dating. Uh, and we had been dating a long time. We had been, um, he had already planned to study abroad in Italy and, um, and so, you know, by, by this point, you know, we are spending every single day together before he heads off to Italy. And the funniest part is he's, you know, in the airport as I'm, I'm sending him off to Italy and he's like, I'm never going to find anybody like you. I'm like, you're, you're going to Italy, but <laughs> he, um, and you know, at that point you had to wait like a week for letters to get to you. So, 
you know, we're riding back and forth. One time, I think he called me, for, you know, long distance from Germany, Oktoberfest. Uh, we also had, you know, that was right around the time that we had a serial killer come through University of Florida. And he saw mm -hmm. a newspaper article in Italy talking about the serial killer that was at University of Florida. And, and he tried to call and all the phone lines were busy. So that uh -huh. very much freaked him out. I also think the serial killer coming through University of Florida made me uh, move up my target date because I was like, oh, my God, I could <laughs> die. And so I did go. And knowing he was coming back, I did get on the birth control pills in anticipation of him coming back. I did not know that the Pink Floyd night would be the night. I just kind of thought you know, we've made it through long distance. We've made it. Uh, we clearly love each other. And this is where, again, my mom's voice is in my head. Um, he is soul sharing worth the first slice of pie. But even more than that, she always said, if you can answer these three questions, then um, you're ready, right? You're ready. Um, do you love him? You know, does he love you? Do you, do you guys know where you know where you stand and then the last one is really what do you expect afterwards i think she in a way scared me in high school like you know after a guy's done he just can just get up and he can walk away mm -hmm. and my mom was like sleeping with a guy is never a way to keep a guy that's not going to happen and that's clearly why my first love broke up with me and didn't want to take me to prom um because it was not guaranteed and several other guys broke up with me because it was not guaranteed. So they always failed the third question. I knew I could never keep them by sleeping with them. And and this one, um, you know, I knew he was going to stick around. The other thing that was interesting the following morning is when I woke up and I guess a part of me always thought, you know, you hear these words like, I took her virginity or, you know, he took my virginity and I woke up the next morning and I didn't feel like that at all. I felt like I got a piece of his soul. He got a piece of my soul and I felt very whole. And that's Aww. when I called my mom and told her that I felt very whole, confident. Um, and, and, you know, she asked me on a scale of one to 10, how was it? <laughs> and how was it? How was it? It was good. In fact, it was, I think, you know, I had a lot of friends that, that had done it a lot. And, um, you know, uh, so I think that I was really ready. I was really ready to go. I was not self-confident. I mean, I mean, I was not insecure. Right. And it almost, I think it almost made him question, like, was she lying? I think <laughs> he came back. Uh, he had to go to the architecture studio and he came back and he kind of questioned a little bit because he was like, you were like ready to take charge. And I just kind of was like, I've been waiting a long time. I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I know how this is done. Yeah. <laughs> so what about had you? Had you um, like at that point, like, you know, porn was not accessible and I had not seen porn prior to having, you know, sex for the first time. Had you seen it or read about it or like, how, like, how did you network? Well, what's really interesting is I, 
was kind of a tomboy. So most of my friends uh, were, were guys growing up and a lot of the guys, and I told you I had beautiful girlfriends and I also had girlfriends who had sex with my guy friends and boy, they just loved telling me all the details. I, <laughs> so you knew. I would get all the details. I would get this girl did this, this girl did this, this girl uh, did this wrong. You know, this girl had an ugly bra, which, you know, brought me to lingerie. And I mean, just, I would hear the unfiltered version from the guys and they were always like Lynn you know make sure you don't do this or do that guys hate that uh, so uh, my experience was uh, Judy Bloom's book forever did you ever read that book oh oh well like all the teen books kind of had sex in them so yeah I did read those well, this I, was I the one that really books. like got to it and she she names his penis Ralph and you know but this is the one <laughs> Judy Bloom was formative in my in my growing up but I don't think I knew really I don't think I ever had those conversations which is surprising to me um that I was like walking in a virgin like really like I had not heard much about sex so well, you know, it was weird when I got to college, I had this one English literature professor that would associate every poem, everything with sex. And I remember looking around the classroom and I'm like, I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't like know totally what he's talking about. Uh, and, and I was wait, like, God, you know, I need to I, interrupt you. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Do you remember what they used to say about the University of Florida and Century Tower? Oh, Yeah. Which is hysterical. So you want to say it or you want me to say it? Sure. No, I'll say it. They used to say that if a virgin ever graduated from the University of Florida, a brick would fall from Century Tower and it is still intact. <laughs> well, what's really interesting is before he came back, they were remodeling the bottom of the tower and there were a couple of loose bricks. And I saw lots of women walking by and I was like, oh, I should totally grab one of those bricks. But at this point... Um, I am, you know, taking birth control and I'm like, it's not going to be me. <laughs> that is funny. There would have been such a good meme tower. if we had been at, at school now and those bricks had been falling, that we'd be creating all these memes, but. Oh so yeah, you, absolutely. You, you hear, I think I, I think story? I, I would have liked to have taken one. What was that? You ready, you ready for my story? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as I shared, I thought I was going to be a virgin until I got married. And then that switched to, I want to be in love. So, and I did not have your mom giving me this advice and I didn't even know you actually at this point, but I, um, had dated a little bit my senior year of high school and I did have a couple significant relationships, but I didn't feel that they were the one. And I don't know why I didn't have that feeling. Um, but interestingly, I went away to summer camp. It was the it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. I'm 19 years old, and I was in the Pocono Mountains, and no one knew me. <laughs> and I was honestly the belle of the ball, and which was really funny because, as I shared, I didn't really start dating until my senior year of high school. And then my freshman year in college, I dated a ton, but no significant person. Um, I met the person that I would lose my virginity to. His name was Jason. Um, you know, I'm, there's no one's going to track us down. And the night that I met him, I had a dream that he was the one. And I just, I just felt it. I just felt that he was the right person. And um, we were at summer camp as camp counselors. And um, if anyone has ever been in in camp, the camp environment is like, 
the world on steroids because there's you don't have anything else. And even though back in the days we didn't have, you know, cell phones and computers, we did have phones. And um, so we were, we saw each other every single day and every single night. And pro- I know it was, I'm pretty sure it was August. It was more than a month of us dating. And I, I just, I just knew, I mean, he had only been with one other person, which I would say my only regret is that he wasn't a virgin. Um, that would have been like, especially special in my, in my mind. But, uh, we planned to sneak out for the night. This was back in the day when you had to sign out uh, for your day off. And we actually snuck out the night before a friend of ours had a car and, um, they, and then we arranged for someone to sign us out in the morning. So no one would know that we weren't in our cabins that night, which is also a very sneaky thing for me to do. I don't normally do that. And he had arranged for, um, his uncle to get his grandmother's apartment ready for us so that it had food. And, um, he's like, do you want to do it in my grandma's bed or and I'm like, no, oh no, no, my no. We, can't, we can't do it in your grandma's bed. So we did, we did it on her sofa bed. Um, and, um, and this is, you know, and it, it was, it was over very quickly and I did not have that great pain and blood that everybody says you're supposed to have, you know, but, um, I didn't ever regret that he was the person we, we stayed together for the rest of the summer and we tried to stay together. Um, he was at school in New York. I was at school at the University of Florida and we, we tried, which in college is pretty admirable uh, as a sophomore in college to try to make a long distance relationship work. Um, I have to say that I got a chance to see him a couple Ooh. years later. Um, we reconnected when I was about 25. This is before I met my ex-husband. And, um, my sister was in law school living and I had a wedding to go to, and he was living up where she was. And I went and saw him and I think he came down and saw me one weekend. And so that was really fun. And then I actually saw him again. Um, he was coming to, to San Diego for, um, for a conference and um, nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened oh, that time. He well, was no, married. Yeah, that was I my was question married. because, well, not when he was married, but when you guys saw each other other times, uh, did you guys have sex again? Of course, because he was um, already a number. I didn't have well, to count. That is the thing. When you have mm-hmm. a number, it's like you've got the key to the executive back. Like you're, you're, you're allowed to come back as yep. much as possible. Yes. That's, that's, it's, it's crazy, but it's so true. And yeah. You know, even when I broke up with my first and decided I did not want to marry him, um, you know, we still had moments like you're talking about where we ran into each other or I was I called him. I don't know either because my car was broken down or something like that. And it was very, very hard to resist. And and of course, we did it. I, I would tell you that um, I hope you got your money's worth at camp because I got, you know, we had that whole Christmas vacation. I ended up in the hospital. I had to be on an IV. Did you get a Because I had such a bad kidney infection. I didn't even know you could have a kidney infection. And, and, um, you know, the doctor came in and was like, you're doing it too much. Uh, I also know that honeymoon, honeymoon disease. Yeah. Honeymoonitis. Yeah. They had to like that. Like they gave me antibiotics. I had to be on antibiotics. Yeah. So, so here's what you didn't ask is my phone call to my mom. So I also called my mother the next day and my mother was like, it's about time. (laughs) She felt like I had had made it more than it was. 
And, yeah. and I have to say, you know, I, I think like you, I thought that it was going to, I was going to feel different. I was going to be like, now I'm living in a different world. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't regret it, but I didn't feel different. Um, but I did, I did, um, I did call my mom and I called my best friend at the time, Amy, who, you know, um, yeah. and, uh, but I have to tell you, like, so we talked about the fact that I, you know, went into my marriage, you know, wanting to be very open with my, you know, ex-husband about how many people I had been with. So again, you could re you could sleep with the same person numerous times and they didn't increase your number. But I have to tell you what it was like to make the decision to sleep with people after I was married and there was never going to be a husband that was going to ask my number again. And oh. And um, as I shared again in another episode, my my one and only one night stand, um, my my decision to have um, sex for the first time after my marriage, with the exception of that one person, was I had the following criteria: we had to be in a monogamous relationship because that's just how I decided I work best, and so we had to be at a point in our relationship where we could have that conversation, and they had to wake up next to me. Um, because I, I really like to be held afterwards. And if I, I didn't want someone to just have sex with me and then leave my bed, that felt very cheap. And I, I knew that I wasn't going to feel good about it. And, uh, so those were the criteria that I used. And, um, anyway, yeah, I, I you know, I, it, it definitely changes your relationship and, you know, after afterwards, um, I, I stayed with him about another, I would say almost an, another full year afterwards. Wow. And he uh, got very mad at me because he was like, are we ever going to have a conversation again or go to the movies? Because I was like, you don't know. The floodgates were open. Long. I know. And, I felt the same I, way. And I was a terrible roommate. I apologized to my roommate. My roommate was just like, you know, I was never around after that. I was always over at his house or when he was at our house, we were always in my room. And and so, you know, she lost a running buddy. Uh, and I'm sure she probably heard or witnessed or something because you know we'd have some wine or we we'd have some beer and then you know we were we were set for the night and we didn't go out <laughs> and 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 he was like this is ruining our relationship and I was like what this is deepening our relationship he's like no you don't talk to me anymore I'm feeling like I think he was honestly feeling like he was some kind of a toy and, and, you know, I was having to constantly be on antibiotics uh, because I had to stay ahead wow. of this kidney infection. So, um, so yeah. And, you know, the other thing is that I can tell you that I kept a list. I had to keep a list in high school of all the guys who broke up with me because they could not handle having a relationship and not knowing um, whether I would sleep with them. So one guy in college even said to me, um, and his name was Sean, by the way, and he's out there in the, in the universe. He knows who he is. And we just had this like great chemistry and great connection. And he would try to somewhat resist me. And then I would get my like drunk, cute flirt on and he'd start kissing me and he would be like, oh, I just, you know, I just wish we could 
date. And I was like, I don't understand why we can't date. And he's like, well, you can't kiss me like that and not go all the way. And I was like, what? And he goes, look, can we meet in the middle? And I'm like, are we like negotiating? And he said, well, I just want to know. How about three months? If I date you for three months, like, can I be the one? And I was kind of like, I'm not a toaster. Like, I don't mm. know. I don't know if after three months, I mean, I'm clearly super can attracted you understand to understand it. Can you understand it from a guy's perspective? You know, a high school guy's perspective. Not, no one should ever be pressured or forced, but can you understand? Oh, you know, 18 yeah. or 19 I mean, year old I, raising I, boys' I, hormones. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I raised two boys, and believe me, I Did know all about to, the to hormones. 21? And I will tell you that the apple pie story just fell flat on my boys. They <laughs> they were like, yeah, uh, soul, apple pie, whatever, mom. And <laughs> and they did what they did. Anyway. Well, don't you think this generation, like we, I think more so ours, put it on a pedestal, you know, more than this generation, which is sort of like, I don't know. And maybe, maybe it's access to porn and I don't want to get too far into going down a uh, political or, you know, but I don't want to turn it not fun, but I just wonder well, it doesn't seem, it doesn't feel like it's the same as it was when we were growing up. Well, I don't know. I don't know, Jamie, because, you know, the eighties was super like, let's talk about, you know, when you turned on uh, a TV station in the afternoon to exercise, there were girls with G strings going around a platform in a circle, bending over doing exercises. We had John Holmes. You know Everybody what else? Had a video you know what else? John Holmes. I just John had Holmes it. set the bar. You know, never I, saw him. I know who he is. Never saw I, him. Never. But I have to say, we also now that I think about it, we grew up when in, in, in the time where AIDS killed you, and so you, you know, we were a lot more scared. Like we, I think AIDS really became big when we were seventeen, nineteen eighty-seven. And well, our you know, kids, I, I I volunteered at the AIDS network, so I I very much knew about AIDS. I mean, you know, I was very. And I wonder if that kept us a little, you know, because we were afraid. You know, I remember not my first partner, but my second partner um, was he was quite the man about town and um, I probably didn't practice safe sex with him. And I remember, well, I must not have because I remember uh, what well, was on the pill and I remember going and having my first AIDS test and being super scared because he had been quite the player. So, you know, you were really at that time taking, taking chances when you had, especially unprotected sex. Um, well, that's where, where, you you digest your information different than me. <laughs> I think even though, you know, I had I had chosen um, the North Florida AIDS Network as my client for um, my public relations campaign and I had access to all that information, I was never worried about that. Um, oh, yeah. I think I was never worried about that because obviously I was in a, a monogamous relationship, but I I still I I hate to say it I hate to be so old school and traditional but I still feel like you should really value yourself and and decide who you want to share your soul with. I still very much feel like the first time is so memorable. You don't want anybody you don't want to hear about anybody having a bad time and ending well, it up wasn't with my some first weird time. phobias. Yeah, it wasn't my first time with. with oh, and I do have a question for you. And I thought about it, and 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 you moved off the camp thing so quickly. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, 
I believe uh, we had watched at least three of Friday the 13th where people were always having sex and getting stabbed or <laughs> killed at camp. And I cannot believe <laughs> that you went off to an apartment or or went out like, you know. Oh, we eating. did it in the woods another in the time. Woods. But- but I never saw that? any of those. I never saw back to the anxiety. I never saw any of those movies. I would be the kid at the good. at the sleepovers when everybody was watching the scary movie, off to the side watching everybody's reaction. I couldn't do it. I I do. I and it's funny. I didn't know that I had anxiety until I became an adult and had kids with anxiety. And I'm like, oh, I had anxiety. <laughs> oh my God. I can tell you right now that, you know, when we were, we were camping in a van, I was camping in a van with my husband and I was picturing just, you know, a killer right outside and, and, you know, it, it, it had an impact on my enjoyment because I was yeah, like no, always need... scanning the horizon, like, nope, nope. I'm going to be where I can see out the window in case anyone's heading here. I don't want to be like, uh, you know, where, uh, I'm, you know, I get stabbed. <laughs> so... No, I'm really glad I didn't see that movie because when you are a camp counselor and, you know, we didn't have a chance to go back to his grandmother's place, um, we had to be creative and find spots that we could go and not be caught. Um, And that included, you know, empty cabins that were far off and fields. And um, yeah, and I think I wasn't I wasn't afraid of of that. (laughs) Well, that's good because, yeah, because if you had seen them, I mean, that's a classic case of of Friday the 13th uh, there was always the couple running off which is also you know I would watch those movies and study those movies like I was because I wasn't doing it and I was getting information from the guys I'm getting information from the girls I also counseled a lot of girls who either slept with a guy to keep him or the guy promised them that they wanted to be boyfriend and girlfriend and then they ended up getting dumped mm-hmm. and so I was part of uh, the retaliation league, I want to call it that when one of my girlfriends would sleep with a guy, um, we would go and toilet paper the house or we'd let air out of their tires or we do this thing called Oreo cookie, their car, where we put like all these Oreo cookies on their windows, which like kind of sticks. And, and so oh. here I am going with all of my girlfriends getting revenge on these poor boys who you know, they're just being boys and they're teenage boys. So they, they say they're going to be committed, but they change their minds. And when I found out I was having boys, I told my boys, I said, you know, I will know immediately if you sleep with a girl and you treat her bad because our house will be rolled. And there'll be air out of my tires. Did that ever happen? That did not happen uh, because, you know, my my son's been with his girlfriend for five years and uh, I, you know, found out my other son um, did did kind of not wait till he had a a girlfriend. Um, And so his experience was very different. And Mm. and I, I don't think it was great. I think it was two kids getting together yeah. and being like, Hey, what are you doing? You want to watch a movie? You want to do this? I don't think that's a good way to go about it. No, no, no. I so, wasn't happy okay. about that. So tying back to the theme of the podcast, let me ask you, <laughs> do you regret that you waited? If you had to well, do it over again? Um, you know, I will say that I truly deeply loved my first love in college. I mean, in high school. I, I I did love my first love 
in high school and his name's Jason. And oh, no in, way. <laughs> and he lives in he lives in Portland. Yeah. And I I really did uh, love him and thought that we were going to end up together. But he his friends and everybody were kind of all putting pressure on us. And it was almost like it it affected our relationship. I almost felt like if I did say yes to him that I was cowing down to the pressure from his friends. Mm. And so that almost created a wedge. And then he went to FSU and I, I did not want to go to FSU. Of course. Uh, I, I wanted to go to university of Florida. And mm. so one time my mom sat down with me. Oh, and she was notorious about this. Like we would be going through a McDonald's drive through and I would be ordering like a chocolate sundae and my mom would hand me the chocolate sundae and as soon as I took like a first spoonful of chocolate sundae she would say so you're thinking about having sex with Jason so let's talk <laughs> about it and we would talk about it and she would say you know there are men at University of Florida not boys from high school there are men at University of Florida and she took me to a Florida game where I saw men Ooh. and she was like, no girl wants to go to college with their high school boyfriend. And your high school boyfriend is deciding to go to a different college, even though he's like way smarter than you and could get into university of Florida. So what does that tell you that that tells you that he's not committed and that he's not the one. And if you guys are meant to be together, you will hook up in college or you will hook up post-college. And I went to my 20th reunion mm -hmm. and I ran into him and I said, why didn't you call me in my 20s? <laughs> and what did he say? I, he, he didn't know why he didn't call me in my twenties and it just is life, you know, uh, it just wasn't meant to be. I was, I was meant to meet my husband and, and he was meant to meet his wife. Um, I did visit him about a year ago. I, I flew to Portland on business and we went for a hike and we just, we just talked about how funny it was, how close we were, how we never did that. Um, I think it, made my husband and probably his wife feel pretty good that like, okay, they can go hiking together because we know they don't have any of that, uh, maybe repeat past, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's no open door there. And, and, uh, we said, look, if something happens to, uh, my husband and something happens to his wife and we find ourselves in the same nursing home, sneaking in my room. Wait, I thought you were going to live with me. I thought we have established that we are going to be, you know, the golden girls, but. Well, we are going to be the golden girls, but you know, there might be some people in my room. Oh, good for you. You're going to be the Blanche. We already discussed, discussed that. Um, <laughs> we did already discuss that. Yeah. So, so you didn't answer my question though. You know, I asked. Would you I you, have? If you, would, oh, do it, you regret, do you regret, um, you know, waiting as long as you did, if you had it to do again? No, no, no. Because so you did it the way you wish. I, no, I can't, I can't even imagine. Uh, I, I don't think I would have had the same, the same confidence. I don't think, I, I don't know. I think everything leads to the right path. So yeah. it's, I just not one of these people that, that regret. Um, I, I think the only regrets I have is, you know, there were a couple of slices that I wish I could put back in the pie, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, but trust me. <laughs> yeah. And, and my husband has, has a couple as well. And, and we had that conversation about like, you know, um, 
you know, that there were a couple that kind of slipped underneath the radar. And that's what my mom had sort of warned me about. Once that first slice of pie is out, you know, you start slicing. You do. And, you do make choices differently once you've once you've unplugged the dam. 100%. And, and you don't want to end up with crumbs, so you you'd have to be somewhat selective. So, um, like I said, well, um, equal well, my slices. Pie, my, my pie, I. my pie, is a, a diet pie now. Really slight slices. <laughs> 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 but I did, I did, um, you know, get divorced and have that. Oh, have well, that I think I think you get a new pie. Oh, after you get oh, divorced. then I'm good. Then I'm good. Okay. It, it bakes again and you get nice. a, a brand new a Dutch one. apple. We are. Anyway. Yeah. You get a special apple, except for this time it comes with more cinnamon and sugar because you're so seasoned. How about that? Ooh, How about that oh, analogy? That was so good on well, the You know, fly. Jamie, I do remember you calling me um, post-divorce and being like, this is the best sex ever. And I was like, Great. I'm sitting here with my kids. I'm, you know, on year, what, 20 or 18. I'm eating the same chocolate ice cream every day, if you know what I mean. And you were out there just uh, doing the flavors. And but I have I, to say, I have yeah. to say, you know, I did, I did have some fun. But ultimately, I am, you know, been with my, my partner for three years. And um, I, I don't, I don't want that. There's something, you know, that comes from having a connection and love for someone that makes it more special. I know that sounds all, but anyway. Uh, no, no, love is real. I, so yeah. I, you know, I, if you're ready to wrap up, I think we might wrap up. So I think, if, I think yes, if we're I would rambling. like to wrap up since I dedicated this episode to my mom and just say that, uh, mothers and daughters have a special bond and their input uh, means a lot to each other. And uh, I appreciated that, that my mom was able to talk to me um, ongoing through the process and that she was so excited and supportive of when I made my decision. And so I, I really encourage people to, to be able to talk about it. Maybe you use our podcast as like a jumping off point on talking about it. And um and I just think that it's it's healthy to have a little bit of a pause as opposed to jumping into it. And I don't think that you, you know, it disturbs me when I hear someone say, get it over with. Uh, this should be something that is not something to do a get over with. This is something that I feel should still be cherished in your decision. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't regret my decision at all. I don't regret that I waited. I don't regret who I chose. And and that was one of the things that I wanted my kids to, to learn from me. But as we've shared, you know, this generation is just, they're making different decisions than we did. And um, we're definitely having to parent very differently, even than our parents parented. So, um, but to close, uh, no regret. <laughs> <laughs> and no do-overs, unfortunately, because I wouldn't mind and, going back to that night and, and trying that again. Yeah. And if you're, you know, and if your daughter ends up in the hospital with a kidney infection, don't let her convince you <laughs> that it's a wet swimming suit. That is not <laughs> a wet swimming suit. That is somebody having a lot of fun. So, now that so, I think about it, I did have yeah. a child with a kidney infection. <laughs> 
you may, you may want to go back and, and find out a little more details about that. Maybe, maybe so I don't want to go back. <laughs> I think this is a I think this is an interesting topic and I want to push our website out there because if anybody just wants to share, either you want to brag and share, and, and Jamie and I would love to hear your story on oh, this yeah. particular topic. So you can go to decisiondiaries.com and if you submit and you say, hey, this is personal, but I just wanted to share it with you ladies, then Jamie and I will just read it. We'll write back to you and we can maybe talk a little bit offline if you don't want to come on the podcast. Also, uh, there is a form up there for you to um, submit some more decision topics because there is nothing that Jamie and I can talk about. You got it. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> one. Let's wrap it up. Thanks All right. Thank you for listening.